0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Rope, the podcast where we speak to the leading minds in wealth management. I'm your host, David Clark, and today I'm really pleased to be bringing this conversation I had with Tin Fonda's founder and portfolio manager, Eric Springhorn. He manages a strategy that's focused on investing in innovative companies that come out of the Nordics. Many of you will know that we've spoken to managers who also focus on technology investments, not only in the areas that some may say are very crowded, like Silicon Valley and well-known US players, but we've also spoken to people like IBEX who focus on Israel. In a similar vein, I think you'll see that there's a niche playing out in the Nordics. Tin is based in Sweden, a technology fund that they've now had open for a few years that they've been running the strategy since about 2011. And in recent years, they've achieved average returns of over 30% per annum in local currency. Please remember that this podcast isn't, nor is it designed to be specific advice. People are encouraged to listen to the disclaimer at the end of this podcast and make sure they receive financial advice before making any investments. Please remember to keep your feedback coming you can email me at david.clark at codacapital.com. Eric Springhorn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Eric, well, you're you're the first person after more than 100 episodes and 2, uh, 200,000 listens. You're the first guest that we've had from Sweden, so congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I feel blessed and honoured.
0: <laughs> well, Eric, perhaps you could give a little bit of insight as to who you are for our listeners please and what you do
1: well i've spent my whole uh, adult life as a professional investor and analyst um you know personally i am uh, i'm a, a husband and father of three sons and uh, i used to be an active coach for in their different sports and such but now they've i've gone from hero to zero and and they've moved into sort of young adults and that leaves me even more free to do to pursue uh, this investing task that I have.
0: I saw on your background and reading some that you're a football coach and also a, a handball coach. Um, I, I, I presume that's European handball, which you sometimes see here in Australia. But most Australians would more associate handball with a game in the schoolyard where they yeah. have Ace Kings Queens uh, played at school. But it's a little bit rare. But um, well, it's good good for the investors. Uh, that you've now got this time to focus on. So tell us a little bit about the strategy you manage and the organisation um, that that you're with. So Tin Fonder
1: is a relatively young fund company. Uh, we'll be three years old in February. Uh, but the strategy and the team, as Carl and I, my partner, we've been working together for more than ten years. Uh, we used to run. Uh, sort of family of small cap funds for a big bank fund manager Uh, but over time we saw that the most interesting aspect or part of that was was, uh, a small mandate uh, looking at small companies in the Nordics with a focus for innovation and and our definition of innovation is quite broad our favorite segments are are software uh, healthcare and and what we call digital brands which is essentially you know consumer services that are supplied online. So uh, when we started Tin, uh, we we figured we'd focus on on just that uh, on the digital uh, space, and uh, and that's what we do. And and where did the name come from, Eric? Tin. Well, it's not kicking the tin can down the road. It's more. Uh, it's short for uh, technology and
0: innovation in the Nordics. Okay. And, and tell me, your, why, why the Nordics? Um, it, it wouldn't seem to be top of mind for most Australian investors. You think about technology, they probably tend to think about uh, Silicon Valley or the US. Uh, t- tell us about the Nordics and the opportunity that exists there.
1: You know, uh, we usually paraphrase uh, Kipling in saying that we've won the lottery of life uh, uh, investing in the Nordics. I mean, uh, Sweden, uh, along with Australia and and Switzerland, uh, are the best stock markets in in the world on on a sort of 100 year perspective. And I think there are some aspects that that, uh, really uh, speak for for the Nordics. Uh, Long term, I mean, it's very easy to do business here with a population of of 10 million in Sweden, we have more than one and a half million companies, Uh, people are well educated, Uh, uh, there's an engineering culture, Um, also uh, a a strong interest and curiosity in in terms of of new technology. Uh, Nordic countries are small, so they were always viewed as as great test markets for, for international tech giants. And and that's led to a, a, a internet or a digital savvy population. Uh, uh, and now, as as technology has, has become more consumer centric over, over the last decade or or, or two, uh, you know, a, a nation of, of users have turned producers. And so we have some had some really strong successes uh, over the years. And it, it, I, in my mind, it's not not a surprise that the only global uh, digital platform. Uh, that is not American or Chinese is actually Swedish and and by that I mean Spotify. So uh, add to that, you know I mentioned small markets. I mean, that means that every home market here is is very small and not sufficient for 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 a, a company's growth. So that means that uh, from day one, uh, young companies need to think global. And that's a sort of tough school and, and, and that means but if they succeed, that means the, the whole world is open to them.
0: Well, I think you'll certainly have a winner when you talk uh, about the global music uh, application of Spotify. Uh, in, in my family, you know, we, we sort of bundled into the Apple ecosystem, but much to my chagrin, uh, it, it turns up on our accounts because my kids swear black and blue that the interface is much better and they refuse to use the Apple music. So uh, yes, I, I can see that that's caught on and is very popular. Do you maybe want to talk about the uh, technology fund and what the what the objective of that fund is and, and its track record and it, it sort of give give people a bit of a feel for the fund in terms of size and composition?
1: Sure, uh, I mean. The, the fund is, is set at the intersection of, of sort of three strong tailwinds. In my perspective, I mean, Nordics is a great place to invest. Uh, our focus on small caps tends to, to generate uh, higher returns over time, and you know, innovative companies with with higher growth than the than the general economy. If you if you get in at the right price, then then you you get a very strong compounding uh, effect over time. So that's really the, the the core focus of 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 the fund uh uh we we think that we have a a a strong network here uh we've been an anchor investor in over 100 ipos in, in the last eight years um going back to when when carl and i started uh this mandate in 2011 at the big bank uh then you know uh, these types of companies uh, um, traded at the same multiple as the general market and if you if you go back to that time you know everything was rather negative so that means this the starting point was was really uh you know attractive uh with hindsight but from that point you know we, we have we've had the strongest returns over the five and ten year perspective um out of all thirty. Thirty-two thousand funds that are available here in in, in the local market, averaging over thirty uh, percent for this type of mandate, and that's that's the sort of been the sort of track record for for uh, uh, Tin Fonder and Tin New Technique, which is the fund that we manage now uh, as well. Uh, we had a strong first year, twenty-nine percent, seventy percent last year and and perhaps some some hangover in terms of digitalization this year so uh, the fund is up some 11%
0: in in local color currency uh, this year and and do you manage the portfolio in local currency is it uh, is your sort of benchmark and your the currency of the fund in, in i think Swedish krona or or are you US dollar based I mean we, we certainly f- look at things
1: in in terms of Swedish krona we don't hedge anything uh we have different uh, share classes uh, uh, including one one US share class um but uh you know the 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 companies here are so uh, international anyway so it would be very hard to judge uh what what would you hedge uh so we we uh, we take it as 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 it goes with with in terms of, of local stock prices and and I mean you can view it our, our performance in whatever currency you want. But uh, uh, in terms of benchmarks, uh, we, we tend to have an absolute perspective because there are really no indices covering our sort of broad innovation mandate in the small cap space. Uh, it's, it's very hard to to I mean we, the least bad benchmark that we have is a is a general Nordic small cap index. Uh, which is it itself—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a tough benchmark because uh, not only digital companies are are, are performing well here in, in the Nordics. And and what
0: size is the fund? Uh,
1: this uh, in terms of Swedish krona, it's it's eighteen billion, and if you divide that by six and a half, which is the also dollar to the the krona, you, you get a rough size just under three billion,
0: I guess. Okay, and and what? Size companies. When you talk about small caps, what's the sort of average size of the company that you're investing in? You know, what portion of your portfolio do they represent? how concentrated is it? Um, and how much on their balance sheet or, or or their share register of their capital table do you represent? Just trying to get idea of proportion here. Sure.
1: I mean. Uh, uh our sweet spot in terms of getting in at the first time is companies between sort of 100 you know 1 to 20 billion market cap in swedish krona mm-hmm. uh, the fund has holdings which that are much larger but that usually uh we've come in at at, at the at a at much lower valuation and, and grown with the company uh, over time uh Typically, uh, we, we think 40 to 60 holdings is, is a good idea. Currently, we have uh, slightly more. That may not sound super concentrated, but uh, uh, the sort of top 10 uh, we have at, at roughly 40 percent of the fund, and and we like many shots on goal. Uh, you know, because these companies tend to to they have a high probability of of doing you know transformative things. So we want to be able to part, you know participate with a small position at the beginning and then then build that position as, as the companies grow, uh, you know not not, not sell them via acquisition. Um, so we we can uh, we typically don't uh, invest more than uh, ten uh, in ten percent of the sh- company's uh, share capital. Uh, we have a, a mix between uh, those uh, between five and ten percent of the company. Uh, that's obviously uh, slightly less liquid, uh, but uh, we we look at liquidity of the fund on on a portfolio perspective. So we we combine that with uh, the sort of smaller shares of of, of uh, slightly larger companies, uh,
0: so to get a balanced picture overall.
1: And Eric, um, if yep. I th-
0: if I think of different regions and what they're synonymous for in expertise, I might think, for instance, our listeners will be familiar with a, a strategy that's focused on Israeli technology. And, and it has a lot of what we would call real technology, where it's nuts and bolts. A lot of it's actually derived out of the defense force. And for instance, they're very, very so- strong in Israel in cybersecurity, surprise, mm. surprise, given the background and geopolitical situation situation in Israel is there any markets or industries that the Nordics are disproportionately strong in and seem to dominate in?
1: I think software in general uh, is, is the first place uh, I would point to. Uh, I guess if if I were to be glib, I would say that winters are so long and dark that so people just spend their time sitting uh, at home coding. But, you know, it's, it's um, if you want to so, business-to-business business software is is certainly one one strength uh, of of the local market. Uh, games, uh, computer games in particular, has has been a very strong uh, sector in in the Swedish market in the, in the last decade or so. Uh, I think it's it's back to tech becoming more consumer centric, and 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 it, there's been a strong gaming culture and and uh, Avid gamers uh, have now been able to to turn things around and and become successful in uh, entrepreneurs on on the international arena. You anyway, know, in fact, uh, quite a few games uh, games companies have been bought uh, historically, starting with Dice in, in two thousand six, bought by EA, and then Mojang by by uh, Microsoft, uh, the Minecraft producer, and then uh, you know, King, which is a is a behemoth in the, in the mobile game space was was bought by Activision. And that, I mean, we, we saw this development and re- really felt that we wanted to be more active in sort of preserving the, the local cluster. So that's why, we, you know, we were an anchor investor in, in, in the Paradox IPO and in, in, in THQ Nordic, which became Embracer and Stillfront. And in fact, you know, Swedish games companies have now turned things around. And, and last year, uh, stood for one third of global M&A in the game sector. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a very successful, um, uh, um, sort of, um, turnaround of, of how, how business is done, you know, great local companies no longer being bought by, by international giants, rather the reverse, uh, you know, local entrepreneurs going on, on the offensive in, in the international arena which is very good news for us as investors.
0: Eric, can you perhaps give us an example of your process and also a company you've invested in the past, but maybe tell us about you know, how you identified the opportunity, how you entered the opportunity, how you thought about it, just to give us a little bit of colour around the investment process and how you think about and execute at Tin Fonda?
1: Sure. I mean, uh, I guess position size. Uh, what we look at there is is our perception of, of the financial risk. So if we deem it to be low, then you know, you know we can have a large position. And, and let's take uh, you know the biggest holding in the fund, which is Evolution, uh, formerly known as Evolution Gaming. Uh, they supply you know live casino solutions to uh, online uh, betting operation operators. Um, we were an anchor investor in that IPO. Um, it was this the the whole um, offering was kind of new. Uh, it, it wasn't hasn't hadn't penetrated the, the market as as much as it has now. Uh, now online uh, casinos is, is one third of, of the European market, and it, um, they, they're growing fast in, in in the U.S. and and we saw uh, when well, we took a, a big position in Evolution because we liked the entrepreneurs uh extremely strong entrepreneurs uh really winning culture um the, the very face of, of corporate paranoia if you will uh clearly a leading uh product but uh, always uh, trying to distance uh, themselves from from competition uh and over time we saw that uh, uh, they were really doing well uh they sort of misunderstood the rule of 40 uh, they were growing at forty percent and had and had a forty percent margin, uh, and over time uh, that's actually expanded to more more like sixty percent organic growth and and more than sixty percent margin. So it 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 gives you a picture of of you know the the strength of the business model, uh, how they've executed, and and now with the with the U.S. market opening up and and they've been early and taken a very strong position there and and they have a great runway and that, that gives us the strength and 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 trust to to have a really large position in the fund in evolution different example is is a, a smaller company uh, which has grown to the third largest in the fund it's a company called surgical science uh again software based but in in the in the health space they do uh uh, there, the origin is uh, simulation of procedures uh, in a VR setting. So you know, I, I'd much rather be operated by somebody who's who's tried the procedure out in the machine a thousand times, rather than somebody who's walked beside a, a senior doctor and and then try to do it it's themselves on on, on me. So mm-hmm. that's the base business, but then they they've grown into. Um, uh, supplying procedures for for uh, you know robot surgery, uh, which is uh, still only you know two percent of all surgeries are performed by you know in, in a robotic environment, and uh, that's obviously going to grow immensely over time. And Surgical was was a micro cap when they came to the market. Uh, that's I guess uh, a weakness of of the local market here is that we don't have large scale up funds. So the stock market is, is the poor man's scale-up environment. And uh, we have a very strong equity culture with many, you know, an, an active small cap market. I could point to a, a dozen uh, or so competent small cap managers. So we, we were an anchor in, in surgical science as well at, at the sort of uh, 30 million, Aussie million uh, dollars uh, uh, valuation when they came to the market struggled for a while uh, didn't get much traction but then they made a, a a soft pure software acquisition in the stockholm region uh did another in the seattle region and now this summer finally uh sort of finalized their their dominance <laughs> uh puzzle um with with an acquisition in israel uh, uh of symbionics so now, now they have a very strong um hold of of their particular niche. And I think it's a typical example of a small company from the Nordics that can move out uh, into the world really quickly and and, uh, build their business, uh, not only organically, but by acquisition. And in the process, uh, they've been able to do these acquisitions because they've been listed, because they've had uh, quality investors who've been able to support them uh, in every uh, you know directed issue that they've uh, uh, performed to, to to finance these acquisitions, so that, that's another great example uh, also you know, of why we want you know many shots on goal uh, come in at, at sort of small position in the fund and and being able to grow with, with them as they decrease risk and and really scale up.
0: Eric, I think you've touched on two points there, which were in questions I had noted down here to ask and so it sounds like the mandate is for only listed equities there's no private equity in the portfolio is that right
1: well i mean we we do have you know we have, it's a usage fund uh which is the european uh regulation uh for it so it's a pure retail fund uh which means that we still have a sort of 10 percent uh, mandate for for private investments Unlisted investment, but it's it's never going to be something uh, uh, that we do uh, very much. I mean, uh, being daily traded, uh, you know, if we have 10% uh, in unlisted equities and the stock market crashes, uh, it, it doesn't look good, right? So we, we would never do more than perhaps 5%. Uh, and then it's it's a lot of work for for rather little returns. But we wouldn't rule it out. We actually have two unlisted holdings at the moment. Uh, One is in a company called uh, uh, Epidemic Sound. Uh, They have a modest ambition to uh, soundtrack the internet, uh, which is uh, uh, their way of of describing their strategy in in, the sense that they've amassed uh, a private library of over 30,000 songs. So it's back to the sort of Spotify ABBA economy that we have here, mm-hmm. um, and there. Uh, if if you're a if you're a surfer, say, and and you you uh, do uh, you, know, you want to create surf, uh, surfer YouTube videos, and you want to put music on them, you know, if you if if you put publisher uh, controlled music on it, they, they'll take it down. Mm-hmm. But wow. if you use uh, you know. Uh, Epidemic uh, Library Music—they uh, will allow it, and they will put you know ads on it, and they will share you know the ad revenues with you. But if, if you become really successful, uh, they would sort of tap you on the shoulder, and say, "Hey, why don't you subscribe to our services instead?" And they've grown uh, into a sauce business, with uh, uh, over you know 100 million Aussie dollar revenues. Um, ARR and and keep growing really fast and uh, again a niche company uh, conquering the world from little Sweden
0: and are you finding I think the trend is to be private for longer particularly in the US you're seeing these multi million dollar unicorns and I think we've seen it in Australia with businesses like Canva uh, which you know uh, a, a yeah you know, i think more than 40 50 billion dollars in valuation at the moment and private uh, i think you did touch on and allude to it that there isn't a deep private equity market in the nordics so the countries are tending to go public earlier is that what i was hearing
1: yeah i mean the, the, there's that but there's the, we we see the same trend here that uh, you know companies staying private longer i think uh, we always sing a song for for the markets because i mean the stock market is a great place as an entrepreneur, you can keep control of uh, even with a you know, relatively small share, and and you can use the stock market as a financing platform. Uh, and, and you know, if you if you find strong uh, long term investors, uh, they will be able to to support you in in, in that journey. So uh, and, and going back to private, I mean, uh, our strongest ambition there is is. Uh, Again, to support the local cluster. I mean, if, if we can sort of be be the uh, dis, you know, deciding factor behind you know uh, you know epidemic uh, deciding to go to go public uh, in the future rather than selling themselves to to you know uh, an international giant again, uh, we you know nothing would be uh, make us happier because then and they, if, if they decide to go to the market. We will be able to invest. Uh, our three hundred and fifty thousand retail clients will be able to share in their, pros- uh, in, in their prospects, and and uh, they will be able to finance their their future growth, which is is great for everybody. Um, you know, uh, the companies, society, and 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 our shareholders, our unit holders.
0: And Eric, uh, it, it seems that there's an obligatory question these days around ESG and responsible investing has just become. Uh, such a, a a topic of conversation. Uh, how do you manage those issues within this mandate and the fund?
1: Well, I mean, sustainability has as many aspects and facets. But I, I think our strongest uh, sustainability issues is is uh, you know keeping the cluster strong and, and thriving, uh, and therefore being a supportive investor in in in, in local markets going going public. Um, we don't have a, a, a huge uh climate issue um rather the reverse uh, a very small footprint in the portfolio uh and i would point to you know if if we're gonna get out of of these challenges that we have with the climate i think uh the 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 best way is is a focus on innovation and innovating ourselves out of it uh with with the innovative technologies and i think uh we have a A large part of the portfolio is is demonstrably making the world a better place from from a societal and and climate perspective. Uh, Simulation is is one thing. Why why, um, create physical prototypes and and shipping them across the world when you can do things in a digital environment? Dematerializing the economy is uh, is the promise of, of technology.
0: And Eric, what what are the things that you're most excited about that you see coming down the pipeline in that technology space, from both an investment perspective, but also what difference it can make to society and the economy?
1: I think you know, locally, um, you know, of course, uh, new form, you know, new clean energy is 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 uh, is an important one uh we haven't found much in in the nordic market uh in that in that area i think uh the folk uh, the the strong software focus uh in businesses here is is generally helpful um and of course i mean the 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 area where i'm you know almost most excited is is uh, is the combination of of, uh, the, the marriage between biology and compute, and I think our, our, on the health side, uh, we, we we don't have you know very much of uh, you know digital health um, uh, in the portfolio at the moment, uh, but our, the, there are things bubbling here in, in in the Nordics in that in that area.
0: That's been a wonderful summary of the fund and the opportunity. We're certainly excited by it and have seen. Uh, some great companies come through and, and obviously some great performance in the fund in the early times. Thank you very much for joining me Inside the Rope. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Inside the Rope with David Clark. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with David by visiting codacapital.com.